Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 272 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, we're talking to Brandon Pack, the cycling coordinator at Experience Fayetteville. He's also the project manager for last year's World Championships for Cyclocross World Cup and the upcoming World Cup Fayetteville as well as the new Oz Cross Weekend. Chatted with Brandon uh, about everything that's in store uh, for this upcoming race, upcoming World Cup, bringing amateurs to Fayetteville to race as well on that World Cup course, and then also looking back on what happened at Worlds and the World Cup, and really just everything that's going on with cycling in the Fayetteville region. Before we get to that conversation, just one thing to tell you about, and that's the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. Been firing on all cylinders here. Check out all of the shows. You know, our, our donor drive, huge success there, but we still have a long way to go uh, to be able to continue to support independent cycling media. That's what the Wide Angle Podium is all about. We love your support. would love you to become a member. Go to WideAnglePodium.com. Click on the donate button and then pick the pick the shows that you like and then you can support them. Hopefully one of them is Cyclocross Radio. We're doing this conversation with Brandon. I'm doing this conversation with Brandon right now. And then this evening we are recording our first media pit focused back on Cyclocross. So you'll be getting two podcasts this week and we are just ramping everything up for the season. You're going to be hearing a lot more from Cyclocross Radio, so we would love to have your support. Along with that, CX Airs Bulletin, Zach has been cranking out the content, but it's even going to become more from there. Go to cxhairs.substack.com, sign up for the bulletin. Uh, you're going to get all the coverage you need. May even be some video stuff that we're going to work in as well as we get into GoCross this coming weekend. All right, it's episode 272 of Cyclocross Radio. We're talking with Brandon Pack, and we're doing that right now. Brandon, how you doing? Bill, good to uh, see you as well. Doing well, doing well. So you, uh, l- let me just start with this. You, your title is the Director of Cycling Tur- Tourism for Experience Fayetteville. Not th- do you know how many other people in the country have that title? Because I mean, it's 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 amazing. I love to see it, but there can't be many people, especially for a place the size of Fayetteville, that have this position. No, I, I would say uh, pretty much you know in a unique position. I don't know that I am one of one, or I might be Bill, as far as having a uh, professional in this space working specifically in tourism and really dialed in or focused specifically on what um, a bicycle can mean for community, both for, you know, really community engagement and cultivating a, a, a really quality place to live, as well as uh, exploring opportunities for events like the UCI Cyclocross World Championships to as a means to highlight Fayetteville and uh, bring some folks to town. Yeah. So other, other than, you know, we're going to talk a lot about cyclocross, but other than that, you know, I, I think people kind of understand uh, with the 
Walton's engage engagement in cycling and just how Arkansas kind of built up. But if you can give, I, I don't think everybody does. So if you can just live a, give a little bit of background on why cycling is so important to this region and how, how it became a hotbed. Yeah, sure. And, and this is, you know, obviously we know the investment that's been made by the Walton family and the Walton family foundation. You know, a lot of that space has been in mountain bike and we literally have some of the, you know, the best, mountain bike riding in the country but we're not only mountain bikers and uh Fayetteville specifically you know we're really home to an award-winning community one to and home to an authentic and welcoming welcoming bicycle friendly community and that's not just saying that we've been doing this for over two decades Fayetteville is a nationally recognized bicycle friendly community by the league of american bicyclists we have the sixth most bicycle friendly businesses in the country in our community People for Bikes regularly recognizes Fayetteville as the top places to bike in Arkansas. And most recently, the UCI recognized Fayetteville with that Bike City label, making Fayetteville the only community in North America to hold that designation. And that designation, it's not an, it's not awarded to community, it's awarded to communities that are both investing in, I would say, high level cycling like the World Cups and the World Championships, while also equally investing in cycling for all. And that's Fayetteville's story. And I think that's really what started to separate Fayetteville, even in the Northwest Arkansas region from other communities, is that investment in sport and specifically supporting the, the growth of U.S. cycling across multiple disciplines. Take the Joe Martin stage race. It's the longest running multi-day stage race in America. I think we're hitting 46 or 47 years next year. It's home, Fayetteville, Arkansas. In the spring of 2021, we brought the U.S. Pro Cup and UCIC won mountain biking to Fayetteville. That event marked the return of professional mountain biking in North America. And that was after a 13-month pause in the pandemic. You know, we're awarding those critical early season points for North American athletes ahead of the World Cup season. We did it again in 2022. We're going to do it again in 2023. And we were the only community in the U.S. to host a UCI Gravel World Series qualifying event this year. And I know that's a hot topic, but super excited that we were able to host that event ahead of what will be the first ever UCI Gravel World Championship. And here we are today talking about how we're helping kick off the CX season with not only a World Cup, but racing for all ages and abilities all weekend long. Yeah, it, the you know we'll we'll have to have you back for our sister show Grodio so we can talk about uh, gravel racing because that's been a huge part with that and Big Sugar and everything else that's going on in that in that area. Uh, just for the cyclocross it's itself you know the, the the one thing that you all did is you took centennial park uh which i was there in 2019 it if if you i was actually before we got on i went back and looked at my track walk from that race that i did a video of and you look at it and you could you could you can't tell. I mean, you could ask somebody, does this, is this the same location and show them two pictures of the same place? And it's, it's not even close. And it's, it's kind of funny looking back at the comments on there and people are going, this is the world's course. And even in my title, I said, not the world's course. And still people are like, this looks boring. It's flat. It's bumpy. It's just all grass. And it just completely you know, just transformed into, into what, what you have now. And just, um, I, I think just uh, I'm gonna let you jump in here, but just the one the one anecdote I want to share with you is that I was at the U.S. Pro mountain bike race covering it, and it was spring break for my two daughters, so I brought them out there, and I was just they were I was talking about my travel for this year. I was like, yeah, I'm going back to Arkansas, Fayetteville, and they're like, oh, 
how are they going to race cyclocross on that track? And I was like, well, remember those stairs that you were step, uh, you were sitting on to watch the, the mountain bike race and they were coming down that huge rock drop, just turn around and then they're running up those stairs. So that's, that's what I love too, is that this, this facility is something that is equally usable for, you know, at this point, a world cup level mountain bike race, and then also turn it around and you've got a world cup, uh, cyclocross race and you don't have to do you know they talk about like Val Hall. those are two different locations you know the cyclocross is in one place and the mountain bike are in another place same same area but they call it the same name but really two different locations two different venues you you all have figured out how to do it all just in that one place well we're, we're trying and i wouldn't i'd be uh, you know obviously mountain bike world cups also in our uh, maybe in our sites at some point for sure when you take a purpose-built venue like centennial park one that was designed with bikes in mind, you know, and like you said, it's a world-class and purpose-built venue that caters to both cyclocross and mountain bike races. You've seen it activated for both. And Bill, I would say it's probably, you know, one, if not the only, you know, one, at least one of the country's premier destinations for world caliber cycling events and dual discipline at that. It's pretty exciting to uh, have that right here in the Fayetteville community. And you're right. You were there with us in 2019 when we kind of did that first test event ahead of the world championships and to see its growth over really a period of about 16 or 18 months. You know, the trail builders and everyone involved in this project did an incredible job to truly, you know, bring a venue to life you know, two years leading up to the world championships. And that, listen, and that includes fans too. And as you said, in a post following the championships, I love this and I've used it a lot is, you know, say what you want to say about the course and we can get into that. But Fable absolutely nailed the spectator experience in that bowl below the steps. And if you flip that for mountain biking, and you've seen this as well, that same experience exists on the other side of that kind of mountaintop where you've got one of the key features of that XCO race course, which is that kind of ominous rock drop on the other side. Yeah, and it, it's something that I you know, stress a lot in that, it, it, you know, you, you, you have, you're talking about, you have a little bit of push and pull between athletes and spectators. A lot of athletes, especially mountain bikers who've been doing this a really long time, want the experience of going away in the woods, being there for two hours, coming back for another lap, going back out there again. As spectator, it's not exciting. You're not seeing it. And, and we want this to be, if it's going to be a successful sport, both in mountain biking and cyclocross, we want it to be the experience where people are able to enjoy the race. And, and what you have there is that I can see the start and then I can go and see them climb up the hill and then I can see them run up the stairs and I can do that every lap, even, even at a world championship where you have a big crowd, that's just that that's amazing. That's like, that's the experience I want. And if I miss anything, I turn around, it's on the big screen, at least for the world championship. So, you know, that's you, that part. Yeah. I, I, I will stress it again, nail that for sure. Uh, um, and, and that's, that's what we want. That's what we want to see. And it's the same with coverage. We want to see courses that look good on TV. And I think that that was the same for this as well. Agreed. Yeah. We got nothing but uh rave reviews from the, from the TV coverage. And that's that uh, you have to take that in consideration when you're, uh, you know, creating a venue like this one that, you know, gives you an opportunity to really showcase, you know, a region like Fayetteville and Northwest Arkansas truly to the world. And uh, we feel like we did that in uh, pretty fine fashion when it comes to that world championship and world cup races. Yeah. So going back to last year, so it's kind of interesting, not it's actually kind of sad is that one of the things that you, you all had to really rush because one of the things you missed, you went straight into a world cup. You were supposed to have the Pan Ams before that, which would have been another, I mean, big race. Um, it's the type of thing we, 
continue to wish it's a bigger race in the U.S. You know, like Euro championships are taking very seriously Pan Ams, even this year with it being in Costa Rica. I think a lot of people are going to skip it. So it's it's something that, you know, we'd love to see back in Fayetteville at some point down the line. But you didn't have that. You didn't have that as another test event, especially after this construction was started to see how these features were going to work and really just kind of jumped straight into this World Cup on a Wednesday <laughs> in pouring rain. I mean, there's just the, I, the lessons learned from that must've been huge going in, going into the world championships. They will. I don't think there's a lot of communities that could probably say they, they ended up being in a position to have to host a world cup as a test event, but that's the position we found ourselves in. And, and uh, we were able to make it work. You know, it was an, it was an exciting week in U S racing that the opportunity to have, you know, really three back-to-back-to-back World Cup races in the States to kick off the season. Fable was excited to be a part of that schedule for that week. It, it was definitely a wild week, but it did. At the end of the day, it gave us, you know, the really the insight and the knowledge and the information we needed going into that World Championships. Looking at that World Cup on Tuesday, you know, the athletes are out there practicing in, you know, what was really dry and, and fast conditions. And while, you know, I would say that the course, the faster you go, the more technical it gets. And so at an elite level, that course is very, very challenging. But at the same time, you go to go to Wednesday, come race time at noon and you've got you know your elite women lined up to kick this world cup off and the skies just literally opened up bill you were there and it just it didn't just rain it poured and it gave us everything we needed to see as it pertained to the venue lap times everything we need to be considered of should we get uh, you know both dry or wet conditions and while we were you know we were definitely doing some some rain dances ahead of the world championship we were blessed with some uh for spectators, some uh, bluebird days and some uh, beautiful race conditions, at least to uh, to stand along course side and watch. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm thankful for the rain in that one because I got some got some great photos from it. So it did look good. It looked good on the photos. But one, I, I will say this: one of the criticisms that I had going in to that World Cup was that as as much as uh, all of us in the cyclocross community loved that Fayetteville was stepping up, loved that they were having cyclocross events. It was sort of like coming in at the top end and it was catered towards elite athletes, which is great. And it's great for exposure and it's great for exposure for Fayetteville, but it doesn't bring in everyone else that wants to race cyclocross. And this is such a community driven sport that really, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like how, hockey used to be where they make their money on on getting getting butts and seats you know you need people to show up at most races and register in order to pay to have an elite race and for that world cup there was no amateurs there was no you know there was no what i wanted to see it was like as you all as experienced fayetteville as sort of the tourism board don't you want to bring people in to race there to stay a couple of days to have their bikes and i sort of hit on that a little and then this year you're doing it you come in, you have the festival, you're, you're making it into a full weekend, you're bringing in all these amateur fields, and, and you know, talk me through a little bit of that, you know, the reasons behind it and what you have planned for the weekend. Yeah, absolutely, and I, and I would agree that, you know, what we've had um, the past couple events at least feel, you know, do feel a little top-down based on the inscription, right, when we went out and, and we were awarded the World Championships. I mean, that weekend is – I mean, Bill, that thing's fully scripted and there's not a lot of wiggle room for much. And and even even with the one day World Cup, right, we were really limited as to that uh, 
the additional participatory opportunities. But we've known that all along and we've been looking for to solve for that, much like mountain bike and the U.S. Pro Cups, where we carve out a full day of amateur racing. We're going to do the same with the with this weekend. So what we've done. So just for those tuning in. So it's the um, we're talking about the Oz CX or Oz Cross weekend coming to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Arkansas, October 14th through the 16th, about, like you said, five weeks away. But we're going to kick things off with a round of UCI racing on Friday, the 14th. This includes Elite C1s, U23, and Juniors. And these races should feature many of the athletes competing in Sunday's World Cup. We want to give them a chance to get as much racing while they can, while they're here in the States, before we know the whole calendar moves overseas. Then we're going to move to a full day of amateur racing. And Bill, like you said, this is what we're excited about. This is from us when we talk about culture building and community building and the opportunity for the me's and use of the world to go out there and actually race our bikes. So we got a full day of USAC sanctioned races for all ages and categories. Then we've dropped another round of USAC and UCI junior racing on Sunday morning. You know, in the States that they pull the junior races, the junior races aren't part of the World Cup calendar in the States. So we've inscripted not one, but two separate UCI junior races throughout the weekend. And that's all ahead of Sunday afternoon, spectator friendly World Cup races. What that means is for the Devo teams, for the development teams, there's going to be three opportunities through the weekend for the 17, 18 year old juniors and two opportunities for the nine to 16 year old boys and girls to compete throughout the weekend on that purpose built and world championship race course at Centennial Park. Yeah, which is huge. And and the other thing, and you talked about this, you know, especially with that Wednesday World Cup, which was just insane. It, it, I'm glad it all worked out and it was fun to do, but it's like, it's not something I think any of us are really looking forward to doing those three World Cups in one or, you know, 10 days again. But between that and then World Championship, as you said, every second's scripted, even for us, you know, media covering it, it's like, you got to be everywhere pretty much every minute of the, there's no, there's no time really to relax or do anything. What I like here is that it gives you really the opportunity to show off what you have. And you're talking about the, the the cycling community and everything. This is the opportunity now for people to get out and to have bikes in Fayetteville. You know, that's the thing. World Championship, maybe some people came with bikes, but I'm, I'm assuming most people didn't. Here you get a chance to race a course, but you also get a chance to explore all of the trails, all of the gravel, all of the stuff that you have. You know, a day on either end, whatever you want to do. It's it's really opening it up for that. So that that's what I loved when I when I heard that you all were doing this. That you're just giving the opportunity for people to come out and race in Fayetteville who aren't elite racers, and then just to to experience that, and then want to come back. I mean, that's that's kind of your goal, you know. That's that's what that's why I love when tourism boards and you know sponsor races because it's such a huge thing. You're showing off your town. That's kind of kind of the point, isn't it? Just that and and to have some cool racing on top of it. Yep, that's kind of that's that's hopefully the idea, right? We encourage everyone coming in that's considering coming in to absolutely bring your bikes. Bill, I would say some definitely brought their bikes. We valeted over 2,000 bicycles at the World right. Championship. I take, I take it back then. That valet yeah, yeah, was for one sure. of the most incredible <laughs> sites I've seen. It just really shows that, you know, if nothing else, that the community itself is buying into these events that we're bringing and the opportunity to them to just kind of roll from their home. You know, Fayetteville's got a you know, an award-winning trail network. We've got 50 miles of protected paved trails. We've matched that with a 50-mile network of mountain bike trails. And, you know, really, it's for most rooftops, it's pretty easy to boop out of your house and within a couple minutes hit the trail system and find yourself at Centennial Park. And the weather really favored that. But, yeah, there was thousands of folks that elected just to 
just to ride and take advantage of the complimentary bike valet. We'll have that again for this event weekend. If you're not participating, we will still encourage you to, to part of your weekend experience to consider riding to the venue and, and having that. We're happy to watch your bike for you while you watch some, uh, watch some cyclocross racing. All right. Well, that, that kind of segues into here. Here's my other controversial uh, question for you it, for, for cyclocross, especially, you know, this is uh, kind of the running joke for national events. The biggest issue that comes up that we always joke about because there have been problems in the past parking. So what's the, and I know for a world championship, some people were a little take, it all worked out fine, but people were, you know, sort of uh, not, not, anticipating the whole shuttle system it will that still be in play for this weekend or do we have more parking at the uh, venue or what's going on for that well i will i will say that you know obviously when you host a world championship you're gonna learn a lot of lessons bill you just are right and uh what we have found is at least from a spectator side that that shuttle program is probably our best bet to move people to and from the mountain you know complimentary in a friendly way but even from that we learned lessons when we did the world championship we kind of we thought we were doing folks a favor by spreading out some parking locations that allowed people to get to parking easier. But what we really learned from that was then the the, the escalated times to actually shuttle um, started to create a pinch point there at the venue for folks to, to leave. And so we saw for that, we found parking absolutely right there at the bottom of the hill, real close to the venue. And so we'll be able to offsite, move you up, all complimentary, really easy, really quickly, get you to and from the venue. From a participant side, we've obviously leading with the World Cup. And for those that, you know, when you put on the World Cup, you definitely have to carve out a large section of the venue for the trade team, stuff like that. But already um, online and for sale at a, at a really low cost for our, you know, additional Devo teams and other teams coming in. We've already carved out a lot of additional parking that allows them to reserve that spot, come in, set up their kind of own team tents, their 10 by 20s, their van we've got the space that they need to do that and really to be able to function for the weekend out of that space. And so, you know, again, we're going to learn some more lessons with this one, Bill, not going to lie, but uh, we're definitely in front of it and doing everything we can because we recognize that, you know, how you get to um, and, and, you know, part of the racer experience is, you know, the ease of getting to and getting off the venue and, and the complexities that come with that Centennial Park when we're not you know, it's about 238 acres. And when we're not hosting what are some of cycling's most prestigious events, it's a public park for the city of Fayetteville. And so because of that, we had to balance the investment in, you know, really purpose-built infrastructure while also conserving green space for us to enjoy. And so that's, you know, the, the, the venue itself will always have a little bit of challenges as it pertains to parking. But I promise we're committed that event after event, we're only going to get better at it. So for the uh, for the course itself, any any major changes out there? Is it pretty much what we were looking at at the World Championships? Well, I think you'll see some. You know, there, obviously the World Champion from the World Cup to the World Championship, some of the improvements we made was one for pedestrians. We you know we created additional flyovers as well as a whole new tunnel coming out of pit one and going back into pit two that allows the spectators to really move around the entire race course unimpeded. You talked about this, Bill. You found it really easy to hop around the race course as the racing was happening. And a lot of that is that investment in, you know, really participant infrastructure, allowing you to have an elevated experience. From the racer side, if you remember from the World Cup to the World Championship, the World Cup, we had a little bit of a shortened course. We'll probably go back 
to that, maybe not diving as deep in the woods after after pit two. But that said, we also implemented a lot of new things like even those, I think we ended up calling them levees, but those purpose-built kind of berms that we were able to implement in the race course. It's where Pidcock made his move, right? And so we know that those were challenging. They were hanging up. We're going to leave those in there. Those will be a part of it as well. You'll probably see some other things that we didn't do last time. We're going to put some barriers in appropriately so. That's to... Uh, you know, even if we get in dry conditions, we obviously want to want to create an appropriately cyclocross experience for all. And so for those uh, USAC races on, on Saturday, probably those C1s on Friday, expect to see some barriers out there on course. That'll be new. We've got some fun places to drop them in. So, yeah, I think you're going to think you'll see a little bit of new. And then, you know, obviously we're, you know, taking a step back and looking at racer experience. You, like you said, we now we have the opportunity to really open up the course to to amateurs and, and all, all all categories and ages. And so we're going to be mindful of that because when we people walk away from the weekend, we want to make sure that they've had a appropriate cyclocross experience based on their skill level. So there's, I think right now we're sorting through about five different courses for the weekend, Bill. And so as you can imagine, there's going to be a lot of course changes. I'm keeping my race director really busy, but uh, but excited to do so. No, that's great to hear. I love it. Love just uh, being able to experiment and explore. I will tell you my one my one dream for that course. Give it to us. I don't I don't know if it'll happen ever, but here's here's the thing. I love that you have sort of the grass Zonhoven, you know, into the pit, that huge drop. People get some air off the other end of that. Super cool. Using that hill instead of dropping straight down to come back on yourself, do a couple off cambers down that hill and then shoot off of it. Then you're putting a pretty technical section right in off that, that gets, gets people thinking, slows it down a little bit and, and gives more opportunity to, to um, challenge skills. Yeah, I would, uh, I would say my race director is also challenging us to, to consider doing some stuff like that. We go back and forth. It's, you know, it's a balance, you know, you talked about it yeah. like um, from a spectator side, there wasn't a coolest place in the world than to be standing at the bottom of that drop um, last January. It was, it was, it was exhilarating. You know, you're there with like 9,000 fans just watching this race action unfold in really spectator friendly fashion. Um, but like you said, it's a balance. And so we're always, we are taking all that into consideration. We've got some, you know, the same time talking about technicality, we've got some, you know, some S turns some things that folks didn't see last time that I think they're going to come and, and definitely find challenging and appropriately cyclocross challenging at that but yeah d don't worry there's 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 definitely some ongoing back and forth as it pertains to that drop and what could be from a from a technical side so uh we'll see how it shakes out no no promises but uh i'm on you know being a tourism bill i advocate for that for the spectators themselves and then i i hire folks and really qualified folks like medalist sports so for that for those that were with us in october and january what really were lauded as as home run events from a production side excited to have medal of sports back as part of the team. And so we've got that winning recipe that delivered the world championships. They're going to help us deliver this Oz cross weekend. Yeah. And, and just going back to what you're talking about with court course access and the spectators that, um, yeah, when we came back and saw that tunnel and sort of the elevated flyover, that big corrugated pipe in there that you could drive a truck through just amazing. Just <laughs> from, from, from the, uh, from, from the, the team tents to the pits was, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And that made, made things so easy. And it also, you know, just, we, we look at this too, just from a, you know, a person power, uh, standpoint of who you need to hire or, or find volunteers and all this kind of stuff. And you build stuff like that and it takes away, you know, you're saving probably 10, 20 spots of volunteers having to be on course, course crossing yep, for, exactly. for that area, yep. you know, so it's, it's much safer. And then it also opens up, you know, 
for you to use your resources elsewhere. Um, so one one of the other things that uh, I think is a change from World Cup to World Championships, which I'm curious if it's going to go back, is you have the uh, World Championship, you have like one kind of food vendor, caterer type situation for the World Cup. We had uh, amazing food trucks out there. I'm still thinking about the bagel and locks that I got. Um, is that coming back or is it going to be more like the world championship setup as far as people there and, and food options? No, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. And so again, we're, we're committed to learning and recognizing where there's opportunities. I think in, you know, hindsight, looking back, we, the outdoor food concession and built, you didn't get a chance to stick your head in. Truly we built an outdoor kitchen to, uh, to, to solve for our food needs for the world championship. That said, Reminder, we pulled this off at the height of Omicron. And that's just the truth. There's no other way to, to, to that we did. We, you know, how we we managed to safely pull off a world championship in the height of a pandemic. And staffing was an issue. And that's just the truth. We built all the infrastructure and we were ready for the folks. But, you know, we did hear about some people, some grumblings about some longer lines. And we recognize that. So for the World Cup, we are going back to that food truck model. Where there'll be a selection of a variety of food trucks. Bill, you want that bagel? I'll make sure you get it. And so... Um, <laughs> Speaking of that, so that expo area, we're going to kind of go back to that World Cup model where we blended the concessionaires and the expo together to really, you know, by design, the uh, the expo is a feature of the venue. If you're a spectator or participant, it's going to, you know, you have really little choice but to go through there at some point, right? So excited to be able to feature a, a variety of food options with a, with a food truck model for the World Cup all weekend long. Awesome. Uh, moving off of cycling, th- this is this is a selfish question for me because I spend a lot of my spring and summer covering gravel and mountain biking and, and have different clients in the Lifetime Grand Prix. So scheduling that final, the <laughs> big sugar, I want gravel and cyclocross to play together. I don't even know if that's part of your, it may not, <laughs> it may never fall into your purview, but you can talk to your friends. <laughs> I can. No, I, I obviously, <laughs> you know, when it comes to a region, we, we, we play nice and work well together and, and excited to see an event like Big Sugar and Bentonville and really an opportunity to highlight some of the gravel riding in the region. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you look at the, I mean, Bill, we can post up here for a week, buddy. We're going to kick things off with this Oz Cross and World Cup weekend. We're going to go into People for Bikes is doing an industry specific summit midweek, like Tuesday to Thursday. And then we're capping the weekend off with that uh, big sugar and an outer bike from a mountain bike side. We call it Bike Tober around here, Bill. We're event rich and uh, we go all out in October as it pertains to cycling events. Awesome. Anything else you want to touch on? Yeah, man, just a couple more things. Obviously, you know, um, as we mentioned, you know, Fabo really, we we do want to be a part of really cultivating a cyclocross community. And with that, we have a family-friendly schedule of events all weekend. So uh, from all the competition at the same time, we know that cyclocross caters to both the serious and the silly. And the Ozcross weekend, we're going to have plenty of both from uh, costume and courage community events that are really going to, I'd say, embrace the wild side of cyclocross. We're two weeks in front of Halloween, Bill. We're just going to own that and run with it. So we're encouraging, you know, everybody to uh, to show up and, and be ready to have some fun. We're going to kick things off Friday night with these Oz CX Street Sprints. These were inspired by what are truly some exciting sprint finishes 
matches we've seen at that venue. We're going to follow that up Saturday with the Oz Kids Cross Races. This is for ages 2 to 11, spectator-friendly. Kids as young as 2 are going to participate probably in their favorite princess hero or monster costumes, but that's what we're looking for. And then we're going to wrap things up Sunday or Saturday night for the community events with the Walmart corporate and community relay races. Once again, inspired by the world championship and that, you know, that test event we did with the relay, we really see this as a, as a fun race format where co-ed teams of pals and gals are going to take turns on a short course layout, um, probably where uh, the best team costume and, probably decides the call-ups right and it's all for a great cause i can't i don't want to not uh leave out that the fact that the oz cx weekend is going to create a welcoming and inclusive atmosphere and we have a charitable purpose and that's raising awareness and fundraising opportunities for the arkansas children's northwest that's the local children's miracle network hospital and the more than two hundred thousand kids in northwest arkansas that they serve so excited to have them as a, as a meaningful partner in this and hopefully when the weekend's over we've raised some great dollars for kids in need uh, that sound, all, all sounds great. Okay. Last question for you. This might be a tough one here because I want you to take off your project manager hat and just put on your cyclocross fan hat. Highlights for you, best part of world championships and then what you're looking forward to competition-wise coming into this World Cup. Bill, I, I mean, I look at the competition and I follow, you know, um, XCO World Cup mountain biking. I follow the cross season. I follow the athletes. I'm, I'm a fan, Right. And I think what we've seen through two races with Mariana Voss and Lucinda Brand at that venue, both from the World Cup and then the World Championship, I'd be excited to have both of them back again to battle it out because I really think there is kind of a, you know, definitely a narrative for fans that's building around those two as they just continue year over year compete. But at that venue specifically, they both found success. Lucinda won the World Cup. Mariana came in and won the World Championship. I'd be excited to see uh, who takes it come October. Outstanding. All right. Brandon, thanks for uh, uh, taking the time to chat. We're all looking forward to being in Fayetteville before before we even know it. I mean, we're all starting. We're uh, recording this right before GoCross starts, so uh, most of us will be on the road for the next seven or eight weeks, and one of those stops is going to be in, in uh, week number five uh, in Fayetteville. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, Bill, look forward to welcome to the team. For everybody that's looking for more, you can check out cyclocrossfayetteville.ar.com, and I'd encourage folks to follow at CXFayetteville.ar on the gram. Um, you can catch the latest updates about the event weekend there. All right, great. Thanks. Bill, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. See you soon. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.